Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where I get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you're struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line. That is 203-917-8862. Again, 203-917-8862. What I want to talk to you about today is just how cunning, baffling, and powerful addiction and alcoholism really is. It's really amazing that when we are in this state of mind, when we are in the cycle of addiction, in the cycle of alcoholism, we tend to think that it's not as bad as it really is. You know what I mean? Or we blame other people or we're in denial about how severe the issue is. And, you know, think of addiction as it's really more of a thinking problem than it is a drinking or a using problem. It's our thinking. The way that we operate mentally is, is faulty. You know what I mean? It's not, we're not wired correctly when we are in that cycle. You know, and we have years and years and years of certain belief systems, uh, certain coping mechanisms, and dealing with things a certain way. And the mind is very powerful. We will go to any lengths to protect the main coping mechanism uh, that has been the solution to our problems. And that's essentially what using is. You know what I mean? It's not really so much the problem itself, like I just mentioned. It's more of the mask of our deeper-rooted problems. So subconsciously, our mind goes to work to protect the very thing that is essentially a survival mechanism to us. That's how our brain, in, our brain interprets uh, using or drinking. It's, uh, we look at it as a survival mechanism internally. You know, we might not think of that uh, that might not be a thought in our head, like, oh, this is how I'm going to survive, but, but that's really how we internalize it. It's our main way of getting through life. It's our main solution that any problem that comes our way, that, that becomes the solution to it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, think of it this way. If it's a Tuesday, it's a perfect day to drink, you know? If it's a, if it's a Friday, it's a perfect day to drink or use. Um, it's sunny out. A beer would be nice, or a line would be nice, or it's rainy. Uh, this is the perfect time to use. You know what I mean? Like literally any situation that comes up in life, it, we're programmed to justify this as an opportunity to get fucked up. You know what I mean? And and that's because we're just not comfortable with self. We're not um, okay with being sober because the state of sobriety is painful. That is essentially what gets us to the, to the point of, of no return, you know what I mean? And when I say no return, I really mean of like physical withdrawals, being enslaved to the, uh, the mental prison of addiction. Um, once we get to that point, anything is a reason to use, you know what I mean? It's how we get through life, it's how we get through our day. Um, you know, it really just becomes our main tool. So anything that threatens the takeaway of our main coping mechanism is a is a threat. It is a something that is, um, you know, standing right in the way of our survival. That's how we internalize it. This is why we deny our addiction. This is why we feel like we can't be honest with the people in our life. This is why we constantly blame other people for things that are clearly our fault, you know, and our doing. 
Um, this is why we blame our using on others or we justify our using because we point to somebody else who may or may not be worse, uh, quote unquote, than us. All of these tactics, all of these mental gymnastics are there to protect our using. Even though it's the very thing that is stealing our happiness, that is killing us, that is stealing the potential that we have to be present for the, the relationships in our life and the people in our life that deserve our best. You know what I mean? We're, that's not possible for us under the influence. However, we also need to protect our using. You know, it's kind of it's like when you are in a marriage, right? If you have a spouse and you have a, a loved one, it's supposed to be a team. You know what I mean? A healthy relationship is a, is a team and where everybody's on the same page and there's a hierarchy to the family and, and it starts with the, mar uh, the marriage, you know, and being healthy. Now, when you incorporate drinking or using into that, it's really a three-way marriage. You can't possibly have a healthy relationship when you have something like drinking or using that is in the mix because it takes up so much energy mentally, emotionally, physically, um, so much of the time is spent to the addict or the alcoholic on how am I going to get it? How am I going to hide it? Um, you know, is the dealer going to be dry? Uh, how am I going to get the money for it? Um, the bank account can't reach this limit. I need to keep it above this limit because this is what, uh, you know, because of my spouse is going to figure out. Um, it steals time and energy away from your kids. It's, it steals peace of mind to those around you, right? So it impacts everybody. Yet the addict or the alcoholic will convince themselves and everybody else that it's not that bad or it's that, not that much of an issue or they deny it completely, you know what I'm saying? And we, we justify things that are really unjustifiable. And again, it all comes back to the, the mind has incorporated the structure internally where it's like this is a survival mechanism this is something we need to protect at all costs even if that's even if it's at the cost of our family's peace of mind and uh, comfort in our own home you know what I mean and we play this juggling act of I gotta juggle the job I gotta juggle the family I gotta juggle the addiction and my personal life as well and it just becomes too much you know and, and eventually the house of cards comes falling in and this is exactly what it takes in order to make a difference, in order to get sober. The consequences need to become bad enough. So when the, when the house of cards, so to speak, comes falling in, this is usually what it takes. This is where we get the gift of desperation because the addiction is so powerful that unless things get really bad, and what I mean by really bad is, uh, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you know, I'm talking about internally. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to go to jail. It doesn't mean you have to lose your job, but things need to get bad enough to where the consequences are severe enough where you take a look at things as they truly are. And it takes a great amount of pain and everybody has a different pain threshold. You know, that's why it's a very tricky thing when people are like, well, what does it take to get sober? And honestly, the, the real answer is it takes, it really depends on when your bottom is. It really depends on when you put the shovel down and stop digging your bottom. And again, rock bottom does not need to be homelessness. It does not need to be, um, you know, losing your family and having no money and all that. It really doesn't. It just needs to be, 
bad enough to and get to the point where you're like, I've had enough of this shit. This does not work for me anymore. So you need to break that belief system, that internal belief system that this is a this is an actual solution to you. You know, and, and it takes it's very difficult to determine where an individual's pain threshold is. We all have different uh, pain tolerance, you know what I mean? But it takes pain to stop the cycle of addiction. Addiction starts with pain and it ends with pain. You know what I mean? It starts with pain because there's something internally going on inside of us that we don't know how to deal with the correct way. You know what I mean? And we might not even be aware of it. I'm not saying that it needs to be something tremendously traumatic, but there's some type of discomfort. There's something internally that alcohol or uh, drugs solve. There's an issue that, that it solves. There's some type of discomfort. And in, like I said, it doesn't mean you have childhood trauma per se, but it doesn't mean that something is present where you might even have something as simple as social anxiety. You might not feel comfortable in your own skin. You might not feel like everybody else. You might feel like other people have something that you don't. And that discomfort alone, if that gets alleviated, if you feel relief from that internal dialogue, once you start to drink or drug, then, you know, bam, it solved the problem for you that you might not have even been aware was there. So um, that's why really depending on how strong your grip is to the alcohol or the drug use and how big the problem internally is, right, in your life, um, that's going to determine when you put the shovel down. And, and, that, and this is also true. Think about it. It's why it's, it's a lot, I don't want to say it's more difficult for younger people to get sober because, you know, there's battles that come with people who have been using for a long time as well. But the point that I'm getting to is when you're younger, you typically, not always, but typically haven't been through the same amount of pain and consequence that comes with addiction. You know, it, it takes a little bit of time to break those inner beliefs. Um, you know, and so I did get sober at a young age. I got sober at 20. And the reason why that happened for me personally was because I went through so much fucking pain. I went through so much uh, discomfort, to say the least, and traumatic events in my addiction that I was like, dude, there's got to be something else. There's no way that I can continue living this way. I didn't even think I could really stay sober either. So I was in this place where addiction wasn't working for me and I did not believe that sobriety was going to work for me either. But I, I, it just wasn't, it was just the only option left, essentially. You know, so I said, fuck it, let me give this a shot. So it's hard to, um, not that it's impossible, obviously, right? Considering I got sober at a young age. A lot of ways it's easier as well when you're younger because you haven't been through the uh, pain of decades and, and decades of using and drinking and all the turmoil that comes with that, right? So in some ways it's easier, but in other, time, in other ways it's harder. Um, most people, and again, it's most people, what I see, most people get sober in their, you know, 30s and up, uh, 30s to, to mid 40s. That's typically the range of um, people getting sober. And it's a combination of a few different things. One, you've been through enough pain in your addiction that you've, uh, you know, learned certain lessons that you might not be able to learn when you're younger, which is kind of like what I just mentioned. 
And then another thing as well is that as you get older, you also, your priorities shift. You know what I mean? You, you go through life and, and uh, hopefully your priorities start to change and you start to take a look at life in a little bit more of a serious manner compared to when you're younger. Um, you know, you still think you have a lot more time. Um, life is still in party mode. Uh, peers, all of these types of things kind of roll into one. And it just takes a lot more severity to be um, ready when you're younger. Not that it's impossible. And matter of fact, if you can get it when you're younger, please do, especially with the shit that's out there today. Fentanyl and the drugs that you're buying on the street today is just, it's not the same. It's not like how it used to be when I was using. When you bought a pill, you knew you were getting a pill. That is simply not the case anymore. You know, and addiction is just getting more cunning, baffling, and powerful. The shit that is out there today is uh, you don't get nine lives. You know what I mean? You, you don't see any uh, users of fentanyl that have been using for 10 years. It just doesn't really exist. Uh, this shit is killing people left and right. We are seeing new death, uh, death rates at, at a whole new level. I mean, last year, the last couple of years, it broke 100,000 for the first time ever. You know what I mean? And it does not seem to be slowing down. So um, I encourage you, if you're younger and you're listening to this, understand that it does not get better. You know what I'm saying? Like using, when you have an addiction, using, just, it doesn't just disappear. You know what I mean? The consequences get more severe and more severe, and that's if you're lucky enough to survive them, right? So um, just understand what is at stake here. And, you know, it's not, forget the money that it's costing you, right? I mean, I, you know, it's funny. People are always like, man, if I got sober earlier, I would have saved so much money. And I'm like, fuck the money, man. Like, it has nothing to do with the money. You could always get money. You know what I'm saying? Like, life is abundant. You can always get money back. And you can always become a success story and do well in your career or business or whatever you want. But if you don't get sober, you're not going to have a life. You know what I mean? Like... What about the peace of mind that you're stealing from the people that love you? What about your peace of mind? What about reaching your potential? What about, you know, physically you're killing yourself here? So that's all I got for you today. Um, if you could share this with another person who may be struggling or a family member of someone who is struggling, I'd greatly appreciate it. And um, that's all I got for you today. So. Uh, if you are struggling with addiction, you can reach out to my direct line, or if you know somebody who needs help, you can reach out at 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I will see you on the next one.